Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 8 of Casual Watch Talk. You're joined by Sam from the Casual Watch Review channel and Chris from Everyday Mastery. How have you been, Chris? Oh, pretty good. Getting over that cold. Oh yeah, I forgot last week. Yeah, we we had a bit of a delay on the podcast. You're a bit under the weather, so glad to hear that you're, mm-hmm. you're back up to 100%. As always in these shows, we'll, we've got a couple of news stories and then we've got a main topic, which I think everyone will find kind of interesting. I'm certainly intrigued by it, but it sounds like I might be getting a bit of an interrogation mm-hmm. in that part as mm-hmm. well. Maybe. So let's start with uh, what watch are you wearing at the moment? Uh, well, today I just I posted up on Instagram that last night and was getting it wound up. Uh, I've got my uh, Bell & Ross GMT, the Zin 144. Wound, wound that I got that spun up, um, and uh, part of the reason is I'm I'm set to go to the uh, Watch Buys event this uh, this Friday. So they oh, they do yeah. a a tour where they bring out their watches. They they usually get like a hotel room, and I'm pretty big on Instagram. You'll see a bunch of watch people start to post up like uh, so Zinn, uh, Hanhart, Fortis. Some of the other, so they, they've got a bunch of German uh, Nomos, but you can, they're not exclusive Nomos, but. Um, Junkens, don't they? Yeah, yeah, some of the uh, German brands. So, uh, yeah, so much like, you know, you want to wear the uh, T-shirt of the band that you're going to see. That's a, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll put that on to, just, to, just to turn heads a little bit, but. Uh, I've been to one of these events. I'm not going to this one, but I've been to one that was at the Hotel Irvine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if anybody's listening to this that might have heard about watch buys. If you've ever searched for a Zin watch, the literally the only place that you can buy it from new, I think, is the watch buys website. And this website is, I'm guessing, hasn't been functionally improved since the early 2000s. What do you think? Have you ever bought from there? What do you think about their website? So, so no watches for me, but I have, so I have like a mixed experience. So I went to uh, one of their road shows last year, um, had a, had a pretty good experience, but it's different than, you know, your typical modern e-commerce retail. And I mean, I have some experience with that. So it's sort of this old world model so, so, you know, so that you can't buy anything there. They, they show all the watches. You can't buy anything there. You then could place an order with them. Um, you could, you know, and, and certainly give them your credit card, whatever online. Uh, but yeah, the, the website, like a uh, single, single picture of the watch. I mean, it's. Yeah. You can't see in some of these watches, they're the exclusive online retailer for. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I was messaging Fortis back and forth when I had Fortis watches. I still think Fortis is a great brand. I might get you another Fortis in the, the collection. Ceramic, uh, what's it? The ceramic bezel. Yeah, the Cro- classic cosmonaut. Cosmonaut, right? And also another watch, which I will talk about when we hit our, one of our first news stories here as well that I bought that was a Fortis, and, and we'll get into that shortly. But yeah, 
And I was messaging them back and forth. They liked one of my posts after I did the, I believe it was the classic Cosmonaut versus the Speedmaster. And they liked it. And I sort of was chatting with their online marketer. And I actually said to them, this was when they announced they were going bankrupt. And I, I said, you know, it's such a shame that you're filing for bankruptcy. Luckily, they were saved, but it was looking very dicey right. there this for is, a bit. Yeah, Fortis. And then, uh, yeah, apparently, yeah, a um, an enthusiast uh, investor bought them. Some, someone yeah, I think they were, quite, <clears throat> uh, they were quite lucky there. So I messaged them and said, look, your distribution model in the US is... I think you could improve it massively. I said, people can only buy it through watch buys because they can only buy them new through watch buys. They can also buy them through Joma Shop, which we'll talk about shortly. But right. if you're looking at like pure, these people support the brand in the US, it's watch buys and they sell everything for RRP. You click buy now, there's no like negotiation or anything like that. I said to them, this is the problem is people are nowadays are, are looking for, uh, you know, price matching online. They want to make sure they're getting a good deal. I said, you can tell by the, you know, luckily you can get some Fortis's secondhand for a bargain. So I think I said, you, I think you're missing a lot of the new. And they said, well, we're very happy with our distribution model with watch buys. And I said, <laughs> yeah. look. I said, honestly, if you can send me watches, I will review them for free. I love the brand and I will get the word out. No problem. No commitment from you. I'll borrow the watches for two or three weeks. And they said, I've got to go through watch buys. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm of two minds because they're, they're, it's the same story with Zinn and I can tell my story. If I, was the, if I was the owner, I mean, I would absolutely love that I had a memo of understanding that i was the only distributor in the united states that'd be amazing right i mean if you had that yeah. you know like take advantage of it and i think maybe that's you know with their um with their online stuff maybe that's that they they want to sort of key you into the roadshow sort of experience they've they've sort of always done that so i i feel like in the in the past five years of e-commerce we've we've come a long way from you know, you know, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to, and yeah. If you think about, you think about Zinn, Hanhart, especially Zinn, yeah. Hanhart, yeah. Fortis, Junghans, they make better watches than for the majority of other brands that you see in Macy's, uh, in some of the high street jewelers. To think that if they had, if you had a penetration of Zinn, I mean, also, there's, you know, there's a big love in the U.S. for German culture because mm -hmm. of, um, you know, because so many Germans came over the, the, the founding of the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they've been here for generations. I think Zinn would do awesome. But literally, I assume that Zinn is an enthusiast brand. Mm -hmm. When I see somebody with Zinn, I'm like, oh, they must know much about watches. Nobody's buying a Zinn watch just by chance. Right, right, yeah. It turns it into this, right? It turns it into this enth enthusiast brand. That's a good, that's a good descriptor for it. Yeah, and, and right, I wonder how much better they could they could really do. It's interesting those agreements, those like nineteenth yeah. century agreements that go back to like you know the back room, the smoky back room where the gentlemen are making an agreement. Like, all right, we're gonna split up the, you know, we're gonna split up the continents, and we're gonna only sell to here. And certainly understand. You know, if you're if you're an entrepreneur and someone says to you, like, listen, uh, we're going to give you North America and you're going to be the only distributor yeah. in North America, you, you know, and you can build the build the brand and, and get people excited about it. But uh, but yeah, my my main my experience with them was um, having a couple of vintage uh, Zen watches. I needed some parts for one of them and, and I had taken it to a, a trusted local watchmaker. 
Um, and, and basically he said like, I can't, I can't get parts for them. And, and I was like, well, right. But like, they're just tough to come by. And he's like, he's like, no, I can't, they won't, they will, they will not sell me parts as a watchmaker in North America. Yeah. And I'm sure watch buys, I'm sure they offer excellent customer service and it's a reliable place to buy a watch from. They also service and manage it. I'm just and I and maybe it's just sour grapes from me that I can't get a deal on a new Z, uh, <laughs> Fortis or Zim watch without going on the grey markets. Just my opinion, you know. And no, and actually, this is interesting. So my opinion differs a little bit. I think I think their prices are great. So I, I like let's preface all of this, like wrap this up. Like I, I don't I don't want to say like oh this is this is a this is a scam and they're making shady back deals. No 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 no. I I, I think their prices are great, and I think that like the market could be opened up so much more. If they, if, you know, they had the ability to click, click and buy, I went and I bought. So, um, what was, what was cool is Zinn still offers the same bracelets, you know, the same, uh, accessories that they've, that they've had for 20, 30 years, which is amazing, which is great. So I, I ordered a, uh, I've now ordered two bracelets from watch buys. And the first one I bought, they, they like had to go through this. It sort of irked me a little bit because as an e-commerce guy, you, you don't, you don't want to make any friction. You don't want to make, like if someone, yes. if someone puts stuff in their cart, like you want to be like, hi, what's your credit card number? Like, let me get out of the way and like, have you send me money. Um, but the very first time I purchased, there was like, there had to be like an email confirmation back and forth and was like, okay, so what watch is this for? And I felt like, I felt exactly like, like when you're in a, um, you know, when you're in a boutique or you're in a, you're in a, you know, in a mall someplace and, and they're working commission and then you're just, a, you pick something off the shelf and you're just about to check out. And the person's like, you know, can I help you with that? Like, what are you going to be using that for? And like, let's discuss your purchasing decision right here in the middle of the floor. And you just, you're like, listen, I don't even want this anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny that, and it's, you're right. They could, without criticizing them, but also how they could be better. They could improve that website massively, mm -hmm. improve the e-commerce side of it. And the other thing, and we've talked about this before, I might have even talked about my channel. The, one of the things that irks me in the watch industry is the fact that Tag used Steve McQueen's image. Like, mm -hmm. it's literally the only image right. of Steve McQueen right. ever wearing yes, a tag. Yes. And they've used printing it. Printing They've been printing money since 19 yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah. He actually <laughs> personally owned a handheart watch but you'd never know that by the watch buys website his personal watch was a rolex but also he had like a handheart watch i mean they could be milking that thing i know yeah the, yeah the, like tagger doing i mean mm. but anyway okay so we've we went off on a bit of a tangent there uh, we did what watch you wearing and then have you got a watch obsession this week uh no i think i think winding down i think winding down on watch obsession i was i was uh <laughs> my watch obsession is uh, making, uh, eBay and, uh, what's it, uh, not Chrono 24, but, uh, what's the other search engine, the watch used watch search engine. Watchbox. Uh, or... yeah, no watch recon. Oh, watch recon. Yeah. So, so making a, yeah. So making a watch recon email alert to see if anything could, so I just did a bunch of those cause I just couldn't find anything. So I was just like, I gotta, I gotta close all these tabs and, and stop. But uh, but I'm on the I'm on the hunt, and we should definitely do uh, an episode of uh, stuff that we're on the hunt for. So yes, uh, my, I've had a well. I'll start with what I'm wearing. Um, I've 
again, I'm wearing the Ultimate Turtle. I love this All thing. Right. Three uh, times in a row. absolutely love it. Three times in a row. I also did buy, I talked about it last week, that I was thinking of buying a G-Shock, and I did buy one. Um, okay. It's the one, it, it's like the DW5700 or something. It's So you've got the classic uh, 5600, which is like the rectangular one. This is that, but basically in a slightly more rounder case. Mm-hmm. And I did a proper second take on it, and I was thinking, oh, I am definitely getting old, because the buttons are too small on the side. Oh, they're really? recessed, but they're not... Like, some G-Shocks, obviously, they have, like, a plastic overlay on the button, but this is just that that metal exposed metal button. I can't, I can't press the mode button. You can, but it's just irks me enough. Too small, thinking, or just too small, or just too. They're, they're, they're too recessed within the oh, case, oh, okay. uh, so it's hard to press. And you, you can press them, but right. I'm thinking I want this for you know jogging and stuff like that. And right. I'm, I'm not like the world's most fittest person so when i'm like huffing and puffing and trying to change the mode clamp down on those buttons (laughs) yeah exactly i'm gonna need something so i have i'm gonna return it to um amazon and i've ordered another g-shock so that's kind of okay did you get uh, the did you get the black the inverted no no okay i don't get that i do not get those well you know what here's here's my take i think they're cool completely unreadable like totally useless, <laughs> but cool. Yeah. I, and and you you know you did mention getting older. That is you know I can be like the old curmudgeon guy and just be like uh, I can't see that. I, I don't get them. I, I don't. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't get the. Yeah, I think it's it, you know it's like a stealth kind of look. I I, I think it's like tactical. It'd be a good description oh, of it. Oh, that's you know? a good phrase. Tactical. Tactical. Oh, we should use that. I yeah, like that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. No, I did uh, not make no. it up, but definitely one to use here. Oh, there is definitely tactical. Brightness has to be up, you know, you have to be in a bright room and you have to look directly squarely at it. There can be no angle there. It's just, otherwise you're not going to be able to, you know, what time yeah, is it? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a weird one. So I'll be returning that. So I guess my watch obsession has been G-Shocks this week. Although uh, the Timex released that new Timex Q with the gold, um, mm-hmm. which I, I, there's something about it. And also, I don't know if you've seen that new Zenith, the Land Rover limited edition zenith I did. watch i did oh it looks so it good, looks but good 14 grand oh dear it's made it's made of carbon ceramic right it's made of some <laughs> material that we can't it's made of the same material that they make um porsche gt3 brakes out of so well <laughs> it would have to be made for me to pay 14 grand for it, it would have to be made from a component from the first ever land rover defender <laughs> right. they'd have to have stamped it out right. of the wing right. of some either the tomb raider one that was used in the film or some like churchill's jeep or something right we hauled this churchill's out of the land north rover. sea and <laughs> we found it right yeah because I, I love those original Land Rover Defenders. It's such a shame that they uh, they ended up killing them off, but maybe that's another... We're not a car podcast. <laughs> so you said a G-Shock, G-Shock that kind of looks like that? Is that what we're talking about? Or No, um, there's a... I got a different type of G-Shock, actually the more classic-looking one. I, there was a time when I loved those huge G-Shocks. Like, I could mm-hmm. not get enough of them. Yeah. Like, the you said you mentioned the Range Man last time, like the Mud Man, that, like, that's a giant 50-millimeter... I think the range man's uh, exactly the range man ended up being a bit too big for me, but it yeah. is. Uh, I mean, I'll 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 forever say that I think that's the best G Shock they've ever made is that that range man. Okay, so we did 
we've done what we're wearing. We've done our watch obsession. So we dive into a couple of news stories before we hit our main topic. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Uh, this is from Watch Pro. And it's the new Christopher Ward, the C60 Elite 1000, is Christopher Ward's first titanium watch. So that's the new story. But I guess the question would be, what do you think of titanium watches? I love the Pelagos. I love the Tudor Pelagos. I love that. Yeah. Looking at the blue dial of this and like thinking titanium. So in in my long-term, you know, possibles... That has always that's always been in that, and there's definitely been times where I'll see titanium watches and I'll think, and I'll think, am I just, am I just gonna buy this, wear this, and then and then wish that I had a had bought the Tudor, like, <laughs> yeah. So a little a little bit of that. That was sort of my first uh, experience with it. The you know titanium, it's so so light, and that's kind of one of the the benefits. So if you're a guy that uh can go for maybe that chunkier watch or that bigger watch the fact that it's all titanium super light you forget that it's on your wrist which is which is cool i always thought that titanium was stronger because you're like aerospace and car racing and you're like no it scratches it can be scratched pretty easily yeah somebody called me out on one of my uploads actually i think i was reviewing maybe it was a titanium boulder watch and if and if you if anybody listening to this isn't subscribed to my YouTube channel, please head over to the Casual Watch Reviewer at gmail.com. You'll see my reviews and also Chris's have made a few guest appearances mm-hmm. on there. I made a comment. This is now because I have this like confirmational bias in my head about watches. I have to double check stuff. And in there, I just made a throwaway comment about, oh, it'll be less scratch resistant. And somebody in the comments rightly called me out on it and said, actually, it's not it will probably scratch more than right. than than steel. I teased this story a bit earlier on about another Fortis watch I had. I had the B42. It was titanium and it had a titanium bezel and I I just hated it. It it was noisy, that it felt too it felt cheap to be honest. I think the bezel is a hard thing to do in in titanium. Right. Dare I say your titanium uh your titanium uh, Steinhardt. I know word. I can't even bring myself to say Steinhardt. <laughs> um, this your titanium bit. Steinhardt's bezel does feel actually yeah, really good yeah. to be to be perfectly honest. But um, anyway, let's dive into the next story. And this has been in the news so much at the moment, and we're currently on February twenty twenty. It's been in the news so much, but you didn't expect it to bleed out into the watch scene. And this is news about the coronavirus. Not only is the Hong Kong International Jewelry Show, which I think is one of the largest um, watch and jewelry shows in in mm-hmm. Asia, has moved from March to May, but uh, Swatch have actually cancelled their event, which wasn't going to be in in Hong Kong, which was going to be called Time and More, which was mm-hmm. going to rival Baselworld. I think. Yeah. They've also cancelled that in concerns with the the coronavirus. But I think really. I, I think it was the timing with the holiday, with the new year. I think that's what did it. And so um, for most most people, no, but just uh, so most of Asia, uh, China, Hong Kong, et cetera, um, uh, takes a holiday for the new year. And specifically in China, um, they're just, they're not there for two weeks. Like they're just, everyone goes home, everyone goes back to their family. It's like Thanksgiving and Christmas jammed together in two weeks. And so I, I think that caught them out. I, I don't know whether everybody 
had left for vacation and the flu came on or people had come back and then the flu was sort of apparent. I don't, I don't know at this point, I think we're ending. I think this is the last week or last, last week was the last week anyway. Um, but I, but I think because the coinciding that, I mean, you had a city, I mean, you had a city of 11 million people just shut down. I mean, just like imagine yeah. Northeast, like from New Jersey to Maine, just, you can't, no trains, no planes, no automobiles, all the bridges are closed, all the stores are shut down. I mean, just an amazing amount of people. So um, certainly I could see, I could see why they did it, but I, but I have a feeling uh, less, less panic and more that it just happened to coincide with that. Yeah. And they think it's, I mean, watch pro is even reporting. It might affect swatches sales numbers. Well, obviously oh, they're going to be yeah. canceling events. So that will affect it. And yeah. if anybody has coronavirus or knows anyone that's got coronavirus, then we wish you a, wish you a speedy, 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 speedy recovery. recovery. Okay, so before we dive into our main topic for today, uh, we uh, Chris and I are running this podcast on a regular cadence here. And to do that, we have uh, sponsors that are going to support us, the Anchor website. So we're just going to pause briefly for a quick word from our sponsor. So our main topic today is something that I haven't had much say in, it has to be said. Uh, Chris is going to be presenting our uh, main topic for today. He might be getting me to squirm in my seat a little bit on this um, on this topic, but fair to, to say that it should certainly be an interesting subject for you guys to listen to. So Chris, I'll let you kick this off. All right. All right. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, watch collecting types. That's what, that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about what, what type you are, Sam, what type I am, and we'll, we'll, we'll pull some of the stereotypes. We're going to put people in buckets. We're going to find out, we're going to find out what makes Sam tick. We're going to see if he's a flipper. So let's, uh, so let's get into it. I, uh, and what, and what, what spurred you onto this, uh, subject? I read an article, um, a really good article on uh, a blog to watch. Um, and I think I mentioned them last time and I, I said, Adam, it's Ariel Adams is the, is the, is the guy over there and, um, sort of a fascinating article. We'll link it to the, in the show notes, uh, the concept that like, are you being influenced? So uh, are, are you being influenced as a watch collector? So if you're listening to us, I know that you've gone far enough down the rabbit hole where I'm going to guess that you have, you know, one or two of your, you know, key pieces. Maybe you're interested in learning more. Maybe you're kind of seeking out uh, information on on what this uh, hobby, what this uh, what this is, <laughs> what this is all about. Yeah, it's funny. I commented on somebody mentioned. Uh, I actually this week. I don't know if I told you this, and I, I, we can talk about this as another subject. But this week, I actually paused all of the Facebook groups that I was following that were watch related because it's just too much. It's too much to take in. And there was somebody that um, posted on the Urban Gentry and said, I I'm a new collector. What advice do you have for me? And I replied <laughs> right. back saying, run yep, while you still just, can. Yep, just because, get out now. Yep, yeah, get yeah, out now. Right, because because we, I mean, we love watches. And then when it becomes that obsession, I think you're probably going to mention the type that I am. I am, And I'm definitely the... <laughs> the kind of magpie type if that is a type and well, yeah. also i think you 
I did mention last week that I'd put my Speedmaster up for sale, so I'm sure yeah. I'm going to get maybe a little interrogated about that. Right. But, um, right. Yeah, I'm interested to certainly hear about what these what these types are. I've got an idea, but so we've got uh, so we got the flipper, the flipper, right? So the the person that's that just is not satisfied and is just constantly. Um, and probably satisfies my, you know, our, everyone's Instagram, right? <laughs> Cause there's always something yeah. like, I always feel you kind of get a little self-conscious when you, you know, I, I have a pretty active, uh, watch Instagram and I've got my, my collection that it is made interesting by the new Seikos that I'm playing with, or like the Seiko mod that I'm doing of the month or the week or whatever. Um, but yeah, I do, I do sort of look at folks that like, you know, the three watch collection and God love you if you got it down to three and that's it. Like if, yeah. if you're satisfied with three, then this is great. But your Instagram is boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and so and so this is like it gets in your head where you're like looking. You're like, oh, this is geez. I'd love to just have the three, or I just you know to get it down to these three perfect pieces, right? But then at the same time, you're doing so. You get the flipper who is constantly on the hunt for that new cool thing. I would say I'm I fall into that category, but I I would never say I was a flipper because I guess that has connotations that you're buying watches just to sell them for a profit. And honestly, the amount of watches that I have bought bought and then sold, ninety five percent of them I'd say I ever sold for even what I paid for them, let alone a profit. Oh, yeah, I always yeah. Or, or I'm always always in the hole with it financially, but to experience them. Yeah, and and I think you'll see for this particular list, I think you'll see that we're maybe like a a blend of the of the types. So the next one is a a lifelong, the lifelong collector, right? And I don't necessarily. I mean, I know a couple of people like this. There are kind of run into a couple of people like this where they're where they're they're just like they have they have collected either one particular type of watch or yeah. or their watch collection is kind of that's you know sort of static and 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 they're going to keep them forever and they're never going to sell them and you know that sort of thing which is which is fine a little bit of that is fine um and then the hoarder we're not you're not a hoarder sam i'm pretty sure i do have a lot of admiration for the people that curate a collection around a central theme um, so Todd, who came on the mm-hmm. the podcast of, uh, well, one of my one of the first podcasts, um, he, he, I mean, he he loves watches in general, but he really knows his stuff and collects vintage Seiko chronographs. Right, and I, that that really impresses me that he's got a theme to his collection, and that's what he goes for. I've never, I mean, I've probably said at some point i've got a theme but mine changes i'm literally like a magpie and i guess i guess one of the other types and not listed here but certainly what i what i sort of feel is um like the 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 check all boxes which i think maybe we both fall into where it's like okay i got my i got my dress watch i got my diver I got my chronometer. I got my, you know, chronograph. I've got my moon phase. I got my day date. I've got my, you know what I mean? Like, and you're just like, and there's the list of like, I got my GMT. I got my, you know what I mean? And you get into this. I, I sort of felt, I sort of felt like I, I got swallowed up in that a little bit. 
at first I was nervous because I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, am I a type? Am I, am I this guy that has like a watch of every, <laughs> of every type? Yeah. But I find that just like the tools that they are, I will, I will, you know, just like the stuff I put in my pocket, I will wear a watch based on some, what I'm going to be doing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I work on computers all day, so that gives me a lot of freedom to wear a lot of whatever, like I'm wear whatever, and I'm not, you know, but there is, you know, we're not putting on the 1990s vintage chronograph to go change the brakes on the Mazda. I think being a watch YouTuber, the I started off very much thinking that, you know, obviously I was buying and selling watches because I needed, them, needed some to review, mm-hmm. and I certainly didn't have the money to... I mean, that's why it's so cool now that, um, you know, I get to go to Bob's watches and, right. so and thankfully getting, people... You're getting approached by brands. I mean, that's, you know, that's that's the measure of the channel, you know. I think also you have an appreciation as well, being a reviewer and chatting to so many people that are subscribers, that the collections that you see where somebody has got multiple really expensive watches, mm-hmm. like to me, if you see somebody that's got, many rolexes or like you said the the brigade and stuff like that mm-hmm. you kind of think that you'd feel like you had to wear them all the time or you're keeping them for an investment and i think learning what i do about you know the the, the people that subscribe to the channel and the people i conversate with that there's a, just a lot of fun in the sub thousand sub five hundred dollar watch you talked about that facebook post that's like i'm new to watch collecting which like the the one that I always get that just it just irks me when I see it. And this is nothing to say, you know, listen, if you if you are the watch collector that that you need to feel complete, but like but like that complete carbon copy perfect watch collection uh that I think everybody holds up. You know, the okay, so you need you know, so one, uh, uh, you need the Omega Seamaster, you need a Submariner, you need a um, Speedmaster, um, you need a, a dress watch, so probably a GG Le Colt or a JLC Reverso, uh, or you can go for the uh, Cartier Santos or the uh, Cartier de, yeah. uh, Tank. Um, and then we move on to the, to the dive watch. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's like you get your Rolex, you got your, your deep sea, um, and it's, and then you get your, your sports, so you got an AP or your protect yep. <laughs> and you see these, you know, like, Nautilus. Oh, I've been in, I've been watch collecting for two years and here's my, here's what I came up with. And you look at this set and you're just like, it feels like a chess set that, yes. that it's like, okay, well you, you, you got at least everyone's grail, but like, did, did you actually like, is that what's making you happy? Like, do you, you know? Yeah, do you enjoy each of these watches? We're, we're talking a good game here because I haven't got the money to assemble a collection like that. I, I don't know whether I think they were too precious to wear. Right, but that and that's and that's sort of what it work. You know, that's one of the things that I'm sort of getting at is: do those collections, do those people on Instagram, do those collections, are those are those adversely influencing casual social collect social yeah. watch collectors? You know, you're we're both social and also not not with the uh not necessarily with the with the funds to be able to build a collection like that there's 
people out there with these collections is sort of like they get into this you know you're like i gotta get started in watch collecting so i'm gonna need one speedmaster one submariner one you know like this check off the boxes so my question for you is you know you have the speedmaster you thoroughly enjoy it. you've had that you know what how long have you had that watch 12 now? years yeah. 12 years you've got stories with that you've got history with that and, you know, I feel like the last time we were, you were telling us, um, and I watched your, rewatched your video and folks listening, certainly, uh, take a look at the, uh, the one where Sam sends it off to service and, and they polished all the little scratches and dents out of it mostly. And now you're sort of feeling like, huh, that's, it's like, it's too precious, you know? It's weird because we talk about watch collecting, but in my general, like my, no, you know, my general non-watch collecting life, I try to live pretty minimalist and this is like a new thing this is like the last three or four years because mm -hmm. i remember when i first bought my own house i was hoarding all sorts of stuff i mean i, I used to work at a, a mac a apple mac reseller which was like the worst thing that was like being a drug addict working for <laughs> for a drug dealer right they, they were they'd be throwing out old macs and i'd be like trying to save them and i just had a loft full of old macs and when i moved to the us i started again collecting stuff and i was like no this has to end now i can't fill another house full of knickknacks and things mm -hmm. like that so i end up living quite minimalist and, and within that that I, I could i could even talk about this a little bit more about the kind of minimalism journey is followed two guys who were called the minimalist they've got a great documentary on netflix and it, it's all about like association with things in fact they've got a great a great phrase that they use which is love people and use things mm -hmm. because the other way around never works i think it's a great phrase and it it, it 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 allowed me to just disassociate myself from a lot of the material things that i had mm -hmm. this is probably getting very philosophical here but disassociate myself from like material things that i owned the only three watches that i really truly will keep forever are the my two grandfather's watches and then my father-in-law who who sadly passed away and those are the actually the cheapest watches in my collection right, by a right. long shot one is a timex with a stamped a stamped movement so those have sentimental value to me the memories that i've got with the speedmaster are they're, they're fond memories for sure i got married with that watch but also yeah. i have the you know the photos of my marriage and you know my wife is still around so i have the, i have the best reminder that i'm True, that I'm married true how oh, you're gonna oh the now now it's the wedding watch wow okay that's that's big to, to i mean you're that's hardcore minimalist if you're if you're considering slimming that from the from the collection i mean i i still have my i have a 36 mil fossil blue dial it's a, like a diver style uh fossil watch from when i when i got married and i actually rebuilt it and it'll it won't leave the, and it won't leave the collection but it's not, you won't see it. You know, I think I have it, you know, I think I posted when I refinished it, but that was about it, you know. And then if I do end up selling it and there's no, it's not sold, it's on Chrono 24. I've priced it. I've priced it at a point where it's, it's market value. It would be good value. for you. It would be good for you. Yeah. It's not a fire sale type situation. Right, right. And you're right. Once it did get, and maybe I should do a more in-depth like YouTube video about this, but right. Once I got it back from servicing and it was so pristine and the 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 band was so pristine it suddenly became a precious object whereas before the speedmaster was like say i mean i remember 
a couple of times stopping myself when I've when I had my hands in the bloody compost pile, at, you know, in the <laughs> right. back of the garden, right. in the I back had of the fish tank, on. just <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I told you I went swimming with it multiple times, but now it's it has become this precious object. So I don't know whether it has. Yeah, and I I think maybe I think my personal feeling, and I'm I'm going to take a leap here, and I'm and I think it's you you had this nice old car and you went and and somebody smushed the front bumper and so then you brought it to the to the shop and they did an absolute and insurance paid for everything and they and they said oh we got to respray the whole thing and they took absolutely every dent and i mean it just looks like a brand new convertible whatever and now you're afraid to go to albertson's because you're just like I don't want <clears throat> I don't want anybody to bump into it. Yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? As well, and also because they did a good job of the polishing of it, but also because it had some dents, they've I don't know whether it would survive another polishing and still look so good and not look over polished. Yeah, so but, you know, this whole, yeah, yeah, that, and that, yeah, that like precious object, especially with this. And now, so the so the the thinking for me, you know, this is interesting because like the Speedmaster, not to take it away, but it's not like they made one of them it's they made you know they're they're pumping a million of these they're pumping a hundred thousand of these things out every minute it's a weird watch in the fact that it's a bit of a it's a bit of a paradox because it has the sapphire on the back it has the exhibition case on the back but it has the hesalite on the front and i'm all for the fondness and romance of hesalite but you only have to look at it and it's scratched <laughs> right right um i've even stopped buying hesalite watches that's why i went buy that timex q watch because that's got hesalite i just looked the uh zin has a limited uh mill type that they just put out this military type watch that they just put out and they did it with the acrylic acrylic crystal and i'm just like oh yeah it's a shit and, and so so i know i'm gonna i know i'm gonna scratch it i'm also clumsy with stuff as well like i do scratch watches without without meaning to uh, and maybe maybe i've never regretted selling a watch uh, never uh, i mean I, I think i mentioned that cwc watch last time i only regretted selling that because i could have sold it for a lot more afterwards i've never regretted it also we don't currently have children and also mm -hmm. my sister doesn't have children mm -hmm. so it's not like there's a niece or nephew that or right. like my own Someone child, could like that hand would... down, yeah, yeah, exactly. And maybe, maybe if we do have kids, I, I would regret selling it then. But you can make your own memories. All right, well, let's get over the hill a little bit. What, uh, what are you using the Speedmaster money for? I haven't got any plans to spend it on a watch now. When I do get the money, who knows? <laughs> and, and to be honest, I did buy that Tudor Black Bay 58 as well. So it's not like it's I'm getting rid of all my luxury watches for some reason. But mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like I guess it's an election year, isn't it, in the US coming up this year? And we certainly won't talk politics, but I can't help but think that the economy's been so good recently. Um, right, right. But the right. stock market in particular, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you saw Tesla's stock. Oh, went yeah. insane this week. Tesla went up to nine hundred dollars. I sold my Tesla stock when it when it went up three hundred twenty five, and I honestly believed that it would never go higher than right three eighty because it, yeah. it tanked after that. It went down to one seventy. What's going on is ridiculous yeah. in the stock market, and I feel like 
something's going to happen like and and so maybe i'll just sit on the money for a bit i mean it's we're not talking like life-changing money four grand but i'd no, rather no, have it but yeah but just thing. have that hanging out then yeah and i feel i feel i feel like you know everyone's talking about the bubble they're talking about the rolex bubble they're talking about the watch bubble they're talking about the 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 economy economic the good times can't last forever kind of bubble so you know and, and i am definitely i am thinking about like for some of my long-term purchases, which we'll have to do, uh, we'll have to do an episode on. I'm definitely thinking about like, huh, what's this going to cost in two years? You know, like yeah. what's, what's this one? This one's pretty pricey. What does this look like in two years? Does this look like it's a thousand dollars less or, or yeah, yeah? And that that uh, you mentioned that um, that Pelagos mm-hmm. um, before. I mean, that's a beautiful, like versatile watch, and it has the date on it. It has, mm-hmm. you know, it's titanium and stuff like that. So that that certainly watch that I had future but um yeah i think i don't know maybe it's just mm. um I, I don't know maybe it's just it's like january and it's starting a new year and i'll change differently uh you know my views during the course yeah. of the year. i yeah. also need to start uploading again on the channel it's been at least two weeks since i uploaded i've got a couple of um upload can ready to ready That's to good. go so yeah for me i you know i have kind of some rules and i wanted to talk about them a little bit so i'm not going to buy used so my my take with buying used watches, if I'm interested in it, if I'm looking for something, is it's got to be 25 to 30% off retail. For a quick example, like you take a $3,000 watch, so that's a, you know, like a Breitling, like a Breitling Super Ocean 2, which I have my eye on. Uh, yeah, so, you know, buying that used, picking that up from eBay, that's that better be 2100 bucks. Yeah. You know, and there's only... Uh, you know, four or five brands that break this, and we all know which number one brand breaks this. This is Rolex, of course, it breaks this. But you, you know, and I, I was watching something the other day that said this very, you know, very smartly. You, you know, yes, you're not going to lose money on Rolex, but you're paying for the privilege. So, yeah. so you know, for the three thousand dollar watch, you now have to pay seven thousand dollars. When you go to sell it, you'll get your $7,000 back at least, but you had to pay for the privilege of that. So that's the only one that sort of breaks that, um, you know, and so for, for less expensive watches, which, you know, I dabble in, um, like once, once you get down to like, it's interesting. I think a lot of new collectors, they think that, and I did this too. Like when I, when I bought my Hamilton, I bought a, a Joma shop and, you know, I took, I took the gray market risk and you know i i was like holy crap i'm buying a i'm buying a 580 dollars watch right and you think like i think first-time collectors are like okay well i can just turn around and sell that on ebay and and the answer is no the no. answer is no that money is gone yes. and so if you have a 500 and if you have a 500 watch and if you can get 300 and something dollars for it on ebay you're doing fantastic Yes, yeah, there's only a handful of brands, isn't there, really, where you would, you know, certain models you would get your money back, yeah, I, I think, but... I, yeah, but not not the exception, yeah, the exception no, that's, rather than the yeah, rule. The yeah, the exception rather than the rule, absolutely. Yeah, so, so I mean, you, you know, so, so, like, so it's sort of like, I think the first thing I would say, you know, is to get people sort of used to that, like, like once you're up into the, you know, once you're up into the luxury watch, your tutors, you know, your, your $3,000, you know, your, your to those level of pieces um you know now, now okay you can you can turn around and 
and and sell that and and you know do better but you're still gonna possibly lose you know some money on it you know for well yeah and years. um and it goes back i mean that speedmaster's been on brona 24 for two weeks now i've got mm-hmm. some people that have favorited it and it's not proused outrageously it's it's in line with what they actually recommend they recommend mm-hmm. the price mm-hmm. and and nobody's messaged me about it if i had to have liquidated that watch fast i think the black bay 38 i could probably the black bay 58 sorry i could yeah i could probably liquidate that fast mm-hmm. but the Speedmaster's not been no you know, right because uh, yeah i think there was some limit you know there's a, the 58s weren't like you even had some some trouble i had a um the only I had a I bought a, a notice, um, one of the blue dial, um, and I I loved it in pictures, but I just I couldn't connect with it when I got it, but because it was, you know, such a short run micro brand, they immediately sold out of them. That was that was the only reason I was able to do okay and not completely lose my shirt when I sold it on eBay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny, you know. you know, and I've never I've never told this story. Um, a lot of people ask why I didn't fully review the Laurier watch that I had. Mm-hmm. And it was because um, I reviewed it and I liked, don't get me wrong, it's a great watch for the money for $400. It's a great watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody like offered me what I paid for it and they oh, were yeah. out of stock. And I was like, well, wow, when this thing gets back in stock again or they release a new model, yeah. I'm going to be taking a hit on it. Yeah. So I just was like, yeah, sold it for exactly what what I... Um, what i got it for and like you say that's a kind of an exception yeah exactly and like that like the new time like that new timex that came out and then everybody they had a, oh, they, you know same thing with the uh the seiko alpinist they did the same thing again you know they're like so you can get you can get those ones but like if you're building a collection on this like to, just to, don't do don't do this don't, don't you know yeah, like, yeah, then you're a, then you're yeah. a flipper and then like you're in it for the money and so the so the big thing for me is functional value and you sort of talked about this with your, you know, like use it, you know, as a tool, use it, you know, like to, to use as an object, you know, <laughs> to, to get use out of. And it's functional value, not its resale value. Like once you have that thing, like it's sunk cost, you, ha- you own yes. it. Yeah. So for me, when I look at watches used or new, um, it's the stuff that, that ticks the boxes. It's like, okay, does it, does it, does it have 200 meter? You know, does it, can I dive with it? And, and can I swim with it more specifically, <laughs> you know, 200 meters doesn't mean I'm going to 200 meters. It just means that I might stick my hand in the pool, you know, <laughs> like, um, but, but not have to worry about it. Does it, you know, does it have the you know complications that I think I need? Does it, you know, does it check some of the boxes for the, for the tool watch? You know, I'm more of a tool watch buyer. Uh, I like that aesthetic definitely for me. And I think for, for you, and I kind of curious to ask this for me i i want the story and i i will also rely a little bit on the heritage of the brand to get the story and definitely you have talked about some of these you know some of these brands that you know they're saying one thing but they're doing another or you yeah. know maybe their heritage is kind of suspect or their you know their their brand story that sort of thing i mean i think it's the same you know, not to get too nerdy with wine, but I think it's the same thing for me in wine. You know, I want to, I would, I want to find the $37 bottle of wine that's drinking like a hundred dollar bottle of wine. And I want it from the winemaker in Paso Robles who went out of his way to let me try a barrel sample when it was there in the summertime, you know, that, that just nerdy, but like, but the same thing with watches, like, uh, you know, I want the 1990s chronograph that that 
Bell and Ross had Zinn make when they were just starting out in their marketing. And it's, and it's, you know, it's completely a Zinn watch, but, but they're trying something new and, and just, you know, that's, that's the fun stuff for me. What brands for you sort of check those boxes where there's a story there? I mean, is that something that you relate to? That's, that's a great question. I definitely like a good story behind a brand. I, I mean, I was a sucker for Omega's Speedmaster story, the Moon Watch. I think I alluded to this last time that I think some of their current models and the prices that they're charging for them has actually affected what mm -hmm. I think of the brand. Mm -hmm. And maybe yeah. this is a whole yeah. whole different topic in itself. But yeah, I certainly like a, a decent story um, with the watch. Like they are uh, watches that I've reviewed. Those The two mm -hmm. guys from LA, they're assembling it. I was speaking to a guy from the Detroit Mint watch company. He had a great story about how he came up with the brand. I like I like a lot of the micro brands, I think, are where the cool stories are at the moment. Mm -hmm. Not the not the ones that are coming from like China where it's like the disrupt oh what well, that's unfair because there's some amazing watches coming from China. But some of the ones where they're like, oh, we're disrupting the Swedish, yeah, world, you know, Swiss watch industry. Man. We're cutting out the middleman, Sam. We're we're bringing this direct to you in every dial color available. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I like that. I like the history and, yeah. and like the the icons. But yeah. I think at the moment, a lot of the big brands are making you pay for that history and making you pay for those iconic pieces, which I don't necessarily. I'm not necessarily on board with right, um, right, yeah. At, at the moment, and, and so. some and some brands like we talked about Tag, um, uh, you know, and I'll and I'll mention Breitling here. You go to a flight school. I mean, it's like Breitling's for days. Like that's the just the watch you get, right? It's like standard issue. But I was reading something the other day. They have so many of those Super Ocean Heritage that they ended up in TJ Maxx. Oh wow. So like there's stories on that. Reddit that people are buying Super Ocean 2s out of TJ Maxx for like, you know, $2,300 or something like this. And, and I'm just like, what does that do to the brand? I mean, like, like you said, like it makes you think like, you know, when you're either the opposite of, you know, raising prices, now you have, we're just dumping gray market, you know, we're just dumping watches into TJ Maxx because we can't sell them. I mean, it makes me That's incredible. kind of feel right. The same, same way we were like, guys, get it together. You know, like we, as, as a brand, you know, like uh, uh, tarnishing. So interesting stuff. Yeah. Chris, that was a really interesting topic. And uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for that this week, guys, let us know um, what you think of this subject. We have got this podcast is hosted on multiple different platforms. And we've not found a good way of aggregating all the comments yet. So if you've got a message for me or for Chris, you can contact us at thecasualwatchreview at gmail.com. You can also message Chris and please follow him on his Instagram, Everyday Mastery. And then you can also follow me on my Instagram, which is the Casual Watch Reviewer. So th thanks for a, a, another uh, interesting uh, topic there, Chris. Awesome. Absolutely. Thanks, Sam. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.